So what I want you to do is I want you so some of you may know I'm, I'm in the Navy, and so I'm not really used to speaking to a congregation on a Sunday morning. I'm used to speaking to young people who have very little knowledge of Jesus Christ or church. So I can't really start to talk without asking a question. Because the way we normally do things in the Navy is that we ask a question, get people talking, and then we go into a talk. So I'm going to get you to do the same. So I want you to tell a, tell a story or think of a time when you were lost. All right? When you were lost. And how did that feel? So you may not know the person next to you. It may feel a bit strange, but it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So just tell the person next to you what it felt like to be lost. And if you haven't lost, been ever been lost before, just make it up. <laughs> okay. So you've never been lost before. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I was a bit worried. David's never been lost. I'm sure. So you'll make it up. All right. I'm gonna give you a minute to do that. So go for it. Go for it. Okay. Some of you have stopped very suddenly. Um, ooh, lots of laughter going there. Must have been a really funny story. Um, so hold, hold those thoughts as we go through this, uh, through this um, the next few minutes. Um, Steve has been doing a, a series on uh, being with, and um, I said to him, well, I can talk about being with conflict, because I actually have big problems in my life. Well, I have many problems, but I <laughs> laugh so loud. Um, but there's one problem that really stands out. And it's nothing to do with my marriage or anything like that. Um, I can't seem to get away from conflict. I can't, wherever I live, there's conflict. I grew up in South Africa where there were lots of white people, uncomfortable. <clears throat> um, and uh, where white people made lots of conflict. Well, yeah, white people made lots of conflict. Some things never change. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Um, where I grew up, not liking white people and not liking British people, and then you go marry one of them. That was terrible. And then, after I meet this lovely girl, I decide to move, to move where of all places? I come to Northern Ireland, where there's more conflict. And you know, I'll be honest, one of the things that really intrigued me about coming to Northern Ireland was in South Africa, we know what to hate, right? Because, I mean, you like white people, I'm a black person, but I, I how do you, you're all white. How do you know who's Protestant and who's Catholic? <laughs> uh, it took me quite a while to figure that out, you know. So yeah, I've got, I've got problems. And my problems hasn't stopped there, you know, because now I'm in the Royal Navy. I go with people who go look for trouble. <laughs> and now I've got, I've got problems. But the amazing thing for me is through all of these experiences, I've had the opportunity of seeing people, whether it be in South Africa, in Northern Ireland, or in the Navy, I've seen godly people be with conflict. And during this time, I've seen how people have managed that. I've often gone into meetings, even now I go into meetings going, Lord, I need to pray, because this is going to be a rough ride, and this is going to be really bad, and I'm not talking about the seasick, seasickness. Um, the, the, the relationships in the room is going to be hard. But I've often seen those situations being transformed by two things. When people use empathy and compassion. And when they do that in a very difficult or conflict-ridden situation, things seem to, seem to change. 
It's almost like they're being, they're welcoming the people they're against, if you like. They're welcoming into the conversation. They're offering them a welcome. I love this story. Um, and I kind of rediscovered it because in, in my job, there are lots of sailors who don't know Bible stories. And so stories like the Good Samaritan or the Lost Sheep and the Lost Coin, they kind of know those little Bible stories. Samson Goliath, one of their favorite ones. But I kind of rediscovered the story. One of the sailors even offered to dress up as a sheep one day. Thought, That's not going to work on a ship. That's not going to work. Because it speaks to me in my context, and it speaks to me personally. Because the context of the story is particularly important for me, particularly. Because Jesus starts out by saying to the teachers and the, and the lawmakers of the day, I'm going to welcome these sinners. And in fact, your text says he welcomes the outcasts in. And he says, they're complaining because he's welcoming the outcasts and he's going to eat with them. And the leaders of the day saying, you can't welcome them and eat with the outcasts and the sinners of the day. I love the way the message puts it. It says, men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around. Hey, that's me. You know, Jesus was hanging around with men and women of doubtful reputation. And no one was liking that. And again, the message says again wonderfully, it says, Jesus was treating them like old friends. Can you picture an old friend? When you go to an old friend's house, you feel comfortable. When I go to an old friend's house, I open their fridge, I see what the food is. I know when I first came to North Island, people find that a bit weird, but they got used to it now. <laughs> what Jesus is saying to those Pharisees of the day, those teachers of the law, that he wants to welcome them in. He wants to treat them as friends, as people that make them feel comfortable. He treats you and me who are sinners, as old friends, as people he can believe in and spend time with, people he wants to spend time with. Jesus welcomes you. Jesus welcomes you. And often when we hear that, I don't know, but sometimes I hear that, I come with lots of reasons in my head why that is not true. Why Jesus wouldn't welcome me because I am a sinner, because I'm of doubtful character. But the story tells us that Jesus welcomes us like old friends. One of the things that I hear often from sailors is when I say to them, Want to come to church? They say, I can't can't go to church. Um, Because if I go to church, I'm going to burn, I'm going to go up in flames. You'd be amazed how many times. You hear that story. And I go, yeah, that, that's, that's not going to happen. You, you, you're not going to burst out in flames. Because what they're actually trying to say is, I, I'm not worthy to go to church. I'm a bit filthy. I don't want to go to church. Because only good people go to church. And we tell ourselves that lie, don't we? When we, when we hear that, when we hear that saying, Jesus welcomes you. Jesus wants to teach you like an old friend. Sometimes we tell ourselves, I'm not worthy, or I've done something wrong in the past, Jesus won't accept me. We tell those lies to ourselves. And often I tell that to the sailor, say, tell yourself a lie. You know, because that is not what the Bible is about. Some of you may know this, but I got to spend some time with a rabbi yesterday, because you may not know that I was on TV yesterday. <laughs> um, but 
it was great chatting to a rabbi because I got to ask him all these questions about the Old Testament. I think he was quite keen for me to go. Because um, I was saying, I'm preaching on the sheep, the lost sheep. And he was like, that's a New Testament story? Oh, yes, 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 sorry. <laughs> but tell us about shepherds in your day. And he was reminding me that the sheep is filthy. That sheep aren't, <coughs> excuse me, very clever. He was reminding me that the shepherds who spend time with the sheep are also smelly. No one really wanted to spend time with him. But yet the shepherd goes out and finds him. And what the story is trying to say is that Jesus goes out to find those people who don't think of themselves as clean. And when that shepherd brings back that sheep, that filthy sheep that believes is not worthy and filthy, people rejoice. People rejoice. Now, that story is also an odd story because in the Navy, if that sheep had got lost, the Navy would have to evaluate things before we did the celebrating. We have to evaluate things. We'd have to check our CLM. We will check our C2 drill, which is what the Navy's values are. We have to check our courage, commitment, our dignity, our respect, our integrity, our loyalty, and our leadership. We evaluate those all the time. But Jesus doesn't call us to do that. Jesus calls us to show compassion and to welcome. And he welcomes you and me. But Jesus doesn't welcome, just welcome you and me. He welcomes them too. Those people who we say talk about them. Actually, this church is really good at welcoming different people. They welcomed me when I first came in, even though no one understood what I was saying. This church is actually quite good at showing compassion. I want to keep doing that. And I kind of wondered about this. Do I really say that? Because in the last few weeks, our family in particular has received loads of compassion. We're really good at welcoming people who come in. Um, and if you're, if you're a newcomer and no one's welcome yet, come talk to me and I'll sort them. Um, but we're really, we're really good at that. Should I really be saying that to this congregation? But then I thought, you know, that shepherd... He left his comfort zone. He left his 99 sheep to go and look for the one. We must never be comfortable with what we do. We must continue to welcome others. We must continue to make this place a place where people who never go to church before or never been to church before can come to church and find a home here. I would love to bring my sailors in. In fact, I love doing that. Because I know for sure that when they come here, they're going to get a welcome that they'll remember. I brought some sailors here last year for remembrance. And when I see one or two of them, they still remember. I remember being to that church. Actually, they remember Dave for being strange, particularly. But <laughs> that's not neither here nor there. We must be a church that puts our hands in people's wounds. I've got a friend uh, named Craig, um, who is a white South African, who makes white South Africans cringe. Because he talks about white privilege in Africa. And he often tells the story about the story about uh, Thomas in the Bible, who goes and puts his finger in Jesus, the holes in Jesus' hands to see if it's really Jesus. But wait, he takes it a bit, a bit further and he says, We need to do that. We need to put our, our fingers or our bodies and our hearts and our minds and our, in people's hurts and pains and show compassion. Because when we do that, 
That's where God starts to work. That's where things start to change. I guess in my work, I've seen that over and over and over again, where there's been some people I've worked with that I haven't enjoyed, um, people who maybe don't see the value of having a chaplain on board a ship and they can't dismiss you. But if you continue to show compassion, continue to find out their interests, what, what their, what their heart, where their heart is, their hurts and their pains, I've seen amazing things change just by taking that little step. Jesus welcomes you. He welcomes them. I know I take this a bit further and say that Jesus welcomes us. One of the things I, again, often say on a ship or to people or in a church service is that I want the best for us. And sailors kind of look at me and go, you want the best for us? So yeah, you know, I, I have dreams for you. I have dreams that you'll be reach, you'll reach fulfillment. You'll reach your dreams that you, in your job, you will grow and you'll develop. And I, I often tell them, I, I pray for that every single day. And kind of look at me a bit strange and I keep asking questions about that. And I'm not quite sure why, but I've continued asking the question anyway. <laughs> Just to create a bit of curiosity. Because I want to create this, this kind of uh, picture of us together in the ship of dreaming good dreams for each other. I don't, I don't know why they find that difficult sometimes to understand. But one of the things they do struggle with is when I say we're going to pray for, for us and we're going to pray for the people that we are going to watch or look after or patrol and they find that hard. I say, when I'm praying for us, I'm trying to think about how do we create a society that we all can live in? Or how can we create a culture that we can all live in, all see the value in each other? Sometimes they ask, why would you pray about that? What can we do? And sometimes I, I always, I say, well, before we do, we need to pray. Because I'm reminded that we can have good programs and on ship and I suppose we can have good programs in church, which are really good and do a good thing. But if you want to change the world and we want to make a better society and a better us, we need to be committed to praying. Because it's not actually about us. The moment we think the programs do the work for us, the moment we think that our, that our skills do the work, I think then we miss the the faith element. We miss the impact that God is trying to make. I believe this is what faith's about. We work together for the us, for society and for others. And we start to do that. We start to use words like understanding, gratitude, amazing, thankfulness. Somehow the world changes. And I don't know how that happens. Again and again, in the work that I do, I've been praying for a situation, and I just think it's never going to happen. Um, but somehow, I don't know how it does, and we have to come back and say, we want to thank God because He has made a difference because we have prayed. Being with conflict. If we are with God and if God is with us and we start to show compassion 
amazing things happen. This story for me talks about Jesus welcoming you, welcoming them and welcoming us. Let me read you that story again. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Let's pray. Father, we're reminding ourselves the story that Jesus told. Reminds us that you welcome us. That you welcome other people. As we think of the story, as we ponder of your love, May those facts sink within our hearts and our minds so that we can draw closer to you. May we commit our lives to praying. Yes, to doing amazing things, having amazing programs. But may we commit to praying to you so that things will change because of your spirit and not because of our works. Help us focus our minds on you and your love for us. In your name we pray. Amen.